Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. We are wrapping up a series today, no pun intended on that. We're wrapping up our Wrapped series uh, today. and We've spent uh, the last five weeks kind of digging into some ideas or experiences that you and I have throughout our life, in our faith, in our, uh, uh, in our relationships, in our parenting, whatever it is. And these things that we experience, and not necessarily how they show up in our life, but how we respond to them, how we react to them. So we, over the fa- uh, past few weeks, we talked about uh, when we experience fear, insecurities, shame, judgment, those things, and how we kind of wrap those in, 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 other, in other emotions and other feelings, and it shows up as something else, and how we can kind of manage those things or navigate those things to increase our faith, to grow our, our faith. And so today, as we wrap this up, we, uh, and we're starting a new series next week called FOMO, and if you don't know what that means, uh, it means fear of missing out. Sorry to mansplain it to you, but that's what FOMO is, uh, and that's a new series we're starting next week uh, where we'll talk about some of, the, some of the fears that we have of missing out on different things in life. So uh, uh, back to today. Uh, as we wrap up this series, what I want to uh, dig into is when we experience hurt. When we experience hurt in our life. Now, hurt can come in many different forms uh, from many different people. And if you're anything like me, uh, I think what you might experience in your life is you are most often hurt by the people that you're closest to, right? Sometimes it's hard to, especially we're in the middle of a hurt, it's hard to wrap our heads around. It's like, why do these people that love me or say that they love me, why are they the ones that are always hurting my feelings? Why do I get hurt the deepest by the people that I love? And if we were to take an objective look, we might be able to see how that makes all the sense in the world. Because if people don't really know you that well or you don't give people a lot of access to your life, then it's hard for them to hurt you because they're not really allowed all the way into the depths of your heart. But the people that we do allow into our life, right, the people that we do give access to our heart, our mind, our soul, those people, whether it's intentional or not, those people have access to the depths of our hearts, and that's where hurt can come in. And so I want to talk about the, the, the ways that we hurt, the times that we hurt, how you and I respond to that hurt, and how, how the, the way that we respond to hurt can have a major impact on our, on our faith. I, uh, I asked permission to tell this story. as a good friend of mine. Uh, her name is Birdie. She was up here singing a moment ago. One of my best, best friends. And her and I are, uh, are very similar in certain ways where we uh, like to poke fun at each other, right? We like to poke fun at each other. And uh, inevitably... One of us, toes the, you know, we like to toe the line, and we're, we're poking fun, and we're poking fun, and then one of us says something that, okay, that was too much. That was hurtful. But I don't, know, I don't know why we play this dangerous game of how, can we, how close can we get to hurting each other. Does anybody else do this with people that they love? Uh, okay, one person. Uh, you play, we play this dangerous game of how close do we get to actually hurting each other's feelings. 
And so we have this, we have this uh, phrase that we kind of, uh, that we try to, we, we use to try to break the tension when that happens. So it, it'll go something like this, and I want, I want you to feel free to use this in, uh, uh, in your marriage and your relationships, uh, maybe not with your kids, but uh, with other uh, adults in your life, is uh, if, if my feelings get hurt, or let's, Birdie's feelings get hurt. I said something to hurt Birdie's feelings. It happens all the time. Uh, or she said something to hurt my feelings. It happens all the time. Uh, if I say, if I say, man, you're being kind of mean right now, she'll say, me? <laughs> you are being mean, right? And I'm like, me? And so we, it creates this, uh, uh, this uh, kind of comical way of dealing with like, okay, maybe we were both being a little bit meaner than we needed to be. Me? You know what? You're being kind of sensitive today. Oh, uh, Me? That happens when we are close to people. When people who really matter in our life, there's going to be times where you're going to be hurt. Most of the time, probably 99% of the time, which is a fake stat I made up for this story, 99% of the time, the people that you love that are in your life are not trying to hurt your feelings. They are not intentionally targeting you, right, to hurt your feelings. But it happens all the time. So what I want to focus on today with the remaining 20 minutes or so that we have together is how, how are we going to respond when that hurt comes? Because there's an idea I want to have. But I, I, when we leave here today, I want you and I to be prepared for the hurt that is coming because it's coming. Maybe, you don't, maybe you're not as sensitive as I am. Admittedly, I am a sensitive person. It's easy for me to get my feelings hurt. In fact, if somebody says, Dom, you're being kind of sensitive today, I'm like, wow, I can't believe you just said that. That was hurtful that you told me I was sensitive. That's how that, that I can get that way. So if I know a hurt is coming, and I'm telling you it's coming, before you leave today, I want you, I want you and I to be prepared for a hurt. And you might be thinking, how is getting our feelings hurt? How is getting hurt by someone we love? How can that affect our faith? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. That's what I'm going to tell you. Because it can and absolutely does affect your faith. How you respond to hurt. Because so much of what we're taught in the different books of the Bible, the different authors, so much of what we're taught and, 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 we, and we learn about and lectured about and given speeches about is our interaction with the people around us, how we treat the people around us. Jesus would mention it all the time in the accounts that we have of the things that Jesus said. How we interact with each other matters. How we interact with each other shows our faith. So there's a couple particular verses I want to look at today that's going to help us to be prepared for hurt. Now, I'm not talking about expecting to be hurt, okay? There's a difference here, and I think the difference is important. There's one side where you are prepared for when hurt comes. You're ready to respond to hurt when you hurt. So when you get your feelings hurt, when you get hurt, or some, it doesn't have to be just your feelings, when you get hurt somehow, whatever it is, you're prepared, and you let that be a trigger for how you respond to it. The other side of that, if you're expecting to be hurt, then you're looking for it, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about walking around expecting to be hurt. Some of us do that. Some of us walk around expecting to be hurt. So we're looking for offenses and things that people say, right? 
We're looking to be defensive about our way of thinking, about our thoughts, about our actions, about our beliefs. So I don't want us to walk around expecting to be hurt, but I do want us to walk around being prepared for when it comes. So a couple verses I want to look at today. First one is in Ephesians. Now Ephesians is actually a a letter that was written by a man named Paul to a a church community. And he's writing to this church community because this group of people, they're trying to figure out what it's like to live a life of faith, just like you and I are. They're trying to figure out the best ways to follow these teachings of Jesus, the best, the best ways to treat each other, the best ways to connect with, with God. And we get a little glimpse of that here in Ephesians. So I'm going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. It says, lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums. Is that for anybody? Just nudge somebody if it's for them. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults. That's a doozer of a list. But instead, be kind and affectionate to one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Has God graciously forgiven you? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is yes. So the author here is saying, if God has forgiven you, then you have the power, you are empowered to forgive others. God's love that covers you is inside you to cover the hurt of others. This is, this is a direct kind of, kind of not, a, not, not an instruction, don't look at it as, a, as an instruction, but kind of, kind of an encouragement, uh, especially this first part, lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, insults, instead be kind and affectionate toward one another. They make it sound so easy. Just be kind and affectionate. Because if we look at those as instructions and then we don't do them, Right, there's, there, there's some parts, at least, at least for me, this is just an opinion, okay? This is not a fact. There's some parts of the Bible where I, I look at this and I'm like, man, if I, if I said that I have to do this, the Bible says do not have profanity, I'm skipping that part, but instead be kind and affectionate to one another. If I said, okay, I have to be kind and affectionate to, some, to everyone, and on the day I wasn't or a week that I wasn't or the month that I wasn't or the year that I wasn't or whatever I, the guy I got going on in my life, if I'm not kind and affectionate, then I, then I can tell myself, well, I'm not doing what the Bible says, so maybe I should just stop practicing faith. Or maybe I don't believe in God as much as I thought I did. And, or maybe I just stop going to church. I'll stop being around church people. I know that sounds extreme, but that's sometimes where our thoughts can take us. So I just want to say for, in this moment, for this particular verse, or maybe any verse that you read or when you read the Bible, is don't, don't feel like it's, it's boxing you in. Let's look at this as an encouragement. When, when, when that hurt comes, the people in our life, whether they're very close to us or they're kind of just an acquaintance, whatever it happens to be, what does it look like for us to respond to those people with love and affection, with kindness and affection? Because it's a choice to respond with kindness and affection. When we get hurt, Is anyone else like this? When you get hurt and you get hurt deeply, isn't your first response or maybe your second response, maybe most of the time, not all the time, to retaliate, right? To lash back out. Oh, you're going to say that about me? Watch this. Me? me? (laughs) 
Oh, I'm the problem? I'm the problem? You want to know who I, I think the problem is? Take a guess. That's the problem. Go take a look in the mirror. There's the problem. Now, next verse I want to look at is uh, in Matthew. I always like reading out of the book of Matthew, especially in chapters 5, 6, and 7, because what we get here in chapters 5, 6, and 7 is kind of an account. It's, it's, it's what's referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, right? So Jesus is doing a lot of teaching about a lot of different topics, and that's what's being recorded here. And so it's really cool to be able to, to get a sense of like what a, what a sermon from Jesus would have looked like, might have sounded like. And in this particular verse, like I said, Jesus and a lot of other authors of the Bible, what they'll focus on sometimes is how to interact with each other. Sometimes we can think of Christianity or our faith as this one direction between us and God, right? Am I praying to God? Am I, am I, I'm reading the Bible. I'm doing these things. So me and God are working on my faith and everything's good. But, but, as we read through some of these books of the Bible, what we see here is there are so many different ways that we are encouraged and instructed and shown the best ways to treat each other. So obviously, obviously the way that we treat each other, the way that we interact with each other matters to our faith because it seems to matter because it's in a lot of this. So check this out. Chapter, uh, this is Matthew chapter 5. And I'm going to look in verses 43 and 44. She'll be on the screen here. You can follow along with me. Your ancestors have also been taught, love your neighbors and hate the one who hates you. Easy peasy, right? Love the people that love you, hate the people that hate you. Makes all the sense in the world. However, I say to you, I, I, I do love when Jesus is recorded as saying, however, I say to you. It's like, here's something, but here's what I say. I feel like it's such a, it's such a, a, a dramatic juxtaposition to what we know and what we maybe should know, right? What we have been taught and what we are now being taught. So, however, I say to you, love your enemy, Bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, and respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. Have you ever tried that? Have you ever tried praying for people that you absolutely dislike? Have you ever tried praying for people that have truly wronged you, objectively wronged you, right? Not because not you're like me and you're a sensitive soul who, you know, Sticks and stones and words will never hurt me. Words definitely hurt me. I'd rather you throw sticks and stones. You see what I'm saying? Have you ever tried praying for people that have wronged you? It's incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult to wish the best for people who have done the worst. It's difficult to do that. And, and right here, Jesus' recording is just kind of just rattling that off, right? It's human nature easy peasy to love the people that love you, right? And maybe, maybe don't go as far as love. Isn't it easy to smile at people that smile at you? I always find it very easy to smile at people that smile at me, to, uh, to, to smile at people that smile at me. It's human nature. It's easy. It's easy. Love people that love you and you dislike the people that dislike you. You hate the people that hate you. But what about the nuance in between? 
Because if our faith ended there, if our faith ended with, all you have to do is love the people who are kind to you, and if people are unkind to you, chuck them out, hate them, you're done with them. If faith were that easy, that would be the end of it. But Jesus gives us an opportunity to grow our faith by showing us a different way to interact with one another. Not a different way to pray to God, okay? Not a different way to, to practice your, your, your faith in the sense of what does God want me to do, but in the sense of how we respond to each other. So I'll read that last part again. Love your enemy. Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful, wonderful for the one who hates you. And respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. That's going to be our challenge this week, by the way. Do something wonderful. God, I don't even want to do that. <laughs> do something wonderful for the one who hates you. Why would that matter? Why does that matter to Jesus? Why does it matter if we love people who don't love us? If, if I'm thinking about it, at least just for me, I, I think I don't see logically how my faith can be affected. My faith in God, okay, my growth in my faith, how could that possibly be affected if I'm just this person who hates me? Like, now nah, I'm done. I'm done with them. Now, there's some people that you need to put boundaries up. I'm not saying that, yeah, everybody has access to you all the time. That's not what I'm saying. But apparently it matters. Apparently it matters because Jesus is saying it right here. Jesus is recorded as saying that. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. And here's what I think. Here's why I think that matters. Here's why I think Jesus encourages us to do this. Because something happens in us. Not when we react to hate. When we react to hurt. Because you don't need any training, you don't need any intention, you don't need any, any purpose if you're going to react to hurt, right? I'm sure you can think of a time, maybe recently, when you reacted, not responded, but reacted to something hurtful that was said or done or not said or not done. You know what happens when you're tired or maybe when you're hungry? We react to things. But what if, what if, instead of reacting, which is easy peasy, right? Instead of reacting, which is love the people that love you, hate the people that hate you. Those are easy reactions. But a response, a response that we're being shown here by Jesus is love your enemy. What would it look like to bless the people that curse you? To love the people that hate you? To do something wonderful for someone that you don't like or someone that doesn't like you? To take time out of your day, your time, to pray for the people who have wronged you. Not from your perspective, who have objectively wronged you. Oh, and also from your perspective. What would that look like? I wrote something down I wanted to share with y'all. Experiencing hurt is inevitable. It's going to happen. Not letting that hurt turn into criticism of others, that's what grows your faith, right? That's the, that's the challenge in life. That's the intention that you can set because that hurt is going to come. That's how life is. So if we know eventually a hurt will come, we will experience hurt, what if we, what if, what if us, what if a lot of us here, we decided that at least this week, let's just say for this week, we are going to be prepared for if that happens. 
And when that hurt comes, if it comes this week, I am not going to let that hurt turn into me being critical of that person who hurt me. Because that's easy. That's the reaction. That's the love the ones that love you and hate the ones that hate you. That's the easy part. But what if you and I were intentional enough to say, okay, I, I knew this hurt was coming. Dom said it was coming. So I'm going to be ready for it. I'm not expecting it, but I'm going to be prepared for it. And I'm not going to let that hurt dictate how I respond to it. Another thing I wrote down for y'all is this. Grace and patience. Is anybody interested in growing grace and patience in their life? Does anybody want more patience? Does anybody want to be more graceful with themselves, with people that love? Okay, fine. Grace and patience grow from responding to hurt with grace and patience. The best way to grow grace and patience in your life is to respond to hurt with grace and patience. And that's going to take all of the intention in the world. Because that's not how we instinctively react to hurt. It just isn't. But it is how we can respond to hurt. And the more times, the more chances we have to respond to hurt with grace and patience, each time we grow the amount of grace and patience that we have for the people around us and us ourselves. And Jesus, just in this small bit of context here, that's, what, that's the new way he's showing us. It's funny, this new way happened about 2,000 years ago, but for you and I in the life that we're living now, maybe some of us today need this new way, this new way of interacting with the people that are around us. But if you, if you respond to hurt with anger, that might be more of a reaction than it is a response. And anger's not wrong. Being hurt isn't wrong. That's why it's going to take intention. It's going to take intention for us to respond in this way. Last thing I, I wrote down I want to share with you is this. You don't need to forgive every hurt. But your faith strengthens every time you do. You don't have to forgive anyone. You're not required to. You're encouraged to. Right, that's what we looked at in Ephesians. What did Paul say in Ephesians? 31. Instead, be kind and affectionate towards one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? That's what it was. Has God graciously forgiven you? And if he has, then you are now empowered to graciously forgive. So let me say it again. You don't have to forgive every hurt. You don't. but your faith grows every time you do. And see, we've talked about forgiveness before, and, and maybe you've been in other churches before where they've talked about forgiveness. Maybe you've heard it said that forgiveness is not really about saying what the other person did is okay, right? It's not, forgiveness is not condoning the behavior or condoning what was said. Forgiveness sets you free. Forgiveness allows your faith to grow. Because when you forgive, like I said, it doesn't condone a behavior, but what it does 
is it opens your heart more. It leaves room for grace and patience. And for some reason, for some reason, how we interact with each other matters quite a bit. And so what if we let the way that we respond to one another when hurt is involved, what if we let that give us an opportunity to grow our faith, to trigger an opportunity to grow our faith? Maybe you have some hurts that you're dealing with in your life that happened recently or a long time ago. You've been carrying them since childhood. I, I, I don't know what forgiveness you need to have in your life, but what if, what if, the next evolution of your faith? What if the next step of what you need in your faith is one forgiveness away? Is one hurt response away? Is one prayer for your enemy away? Is one wonderful thing to do for someone you hate action away? What if it was? It's not going to be an easy road. In fact, even for myself, and maybe you've experienced this, where there's, there's times where I've forgiven somebody, and then the next day I needed to forgive them again, and then the next year I had to forgive them again. And then I'd be fine for a while, and then I'd get mad all over again, and I'd feel justified, and I'd feel vindicated. And like, well, maybe I can forgive them again, I guess. And I call them every time I forgive them. No, I don't. I'm going to remind you what you did to me. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's how forgiveness worked? It's not. See, when we're, when we're hurt and we retaliate or we lash back out, we feel justified. We feel like that's the, we want to defend ourselves. Defend why that hurt happened that way. Or why we responded the way we did, why we reacted the way we did. That's normal. That's human nature. So we can challenge ourselves if we want to grow our faith, right? If we want to take these steps, these are the difficult things. These are the difficult steps that happen in our life to get our faith to the level that we want it to be. To be the people that we want to be. We want to be people that have grace. Not, not to be a doormat, not to let anybody say whatever they want to you, but to respond to people with grace. We want to be people that are patient. Nobody likes to be impatient. Maybe you want things done quickly, but no one likes being described as impatient. So what if the path to more grace and patience was just choosing to respond to this next hurt, this next situation with grace and patience? That's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. All right, if you could close your eyes for a moment and bow your heads, I'm going to give you a challenge today. It's not going to be an easy one. The challenge is to do something wonderful for someone who hates you. Maybe that's a prayer. Maybe you write them a card. Maybe you send them a text. Or maybe you just don't talk bad about them for a week. <laughs> what a gift. So with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I want to give you that challenge. I'm going to take the challenge with you. If you feel like, okay, I can do this challenge for a week. For just this week, I'm going to do something wonderful for someone who hates me. 
If you want to accept that challenge with me, th with me this week, on the count of three, put your hand up. Every eye closed. On the count of three, put it up. One, two, three. Put it up. Okay, let's put our hands down. Let's pray together. God, we're so grateful to be here together. We're grateful for the, the courage and strength that you have put inside of us. God, I pray that we would be prepared spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally for when that hurt comes. I pray that, that it would trigger something in us that would respond with grace, that we would respond with care, that we would respond with love, not simply react, not just react, but take the time to intentionally respond. We thank you for that. God, and for today, for, for river baptism, I, I, I'm grateful for the lives that have been changed, for the gigantic steps of faith that people are going to take today in that river. Thank you for letting us be a part of what you are doing in people's lives and what you are doing in this city, in this state, on this earth. So we thank you for that today, God, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At the heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.